Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the ME7 podcast. It is another three points for Jules this time with not one, but two goals. I know, it's crazy to say out loud, isn't it? It's like we're living in some sort of fever dream, but you did hear correctly. Gillingham did score two goals in a league game for the first time this season as we defeated Morecambe by two goals, 2-1 at Bruce Hill to send us back to the top of Skybet League 2. Um, I'm sure Notts County had a very enjoyable 12 hours or so, but we have taken back over and are rightfully where we are. And yeah, it was a performance today that I think everyone was was very, very happy with the first half, especially I think it's probably the best 45 that we've played so far this season. And there's a lot of positive signs from it. You know, we scored two really good goals. Firstly, um, George Lapsley's goal, being Keane and Johnny on the spot. Poor defending from a more point of view, but... Lapsy was there, he was alive and he took his snapshot and he got the goal. And then, you know, what what more can you say about Conor Mahoney's goal? Fantastic piece of skill. Sits the defender down, cuts back inside on the left foot and curls a beauty into the top right-hand corner. No chance at all for um, the Morecambe goalkeeper. And um, from then, it was um, not plain stadium, but very, very comfortable, I think, is the the best words, uh, best words to describe it in my personal point of view. As I say, Jill's go back to the top. Of Sky Bet League 2 with yet another victory. So let's bring in our speakers today. Uh, Matt Olsen, firstly, and you come. And James, of course, my co-host, as per usual, is joining me tonight. Uh, gents, we'll start with uh, we'll start with you, Matt. Um, you know, as I said, there are two goals, which is uh, a first in the league this season. But no one cares how you get results as long as you get the three points. But um, I think there's been a lot of dialogue over the past couple of weeks or so, even when we've won games in terms of how we're playing and whether we've looked at a threat or whether we're creating enough chances. I think certainly on the first half uh, performance today in terms of creating chances, I thought we looked like a, a much different animal going forward um, this season and certainly deserve those two goals when they came. Oh, we are top league. Say we are top league. <laughs> Look, do you know what? Um, the first half performance I thought was... was ex- I mean, that first 25 minutes, I think right up to the point where obviously Lapsy's departure... We were we were excellent, um, you know. Apart from the goal, but obviously that when you're going to be that more attacking, you're always going to be more susceptible at the back. But look, three, three points is massive, and oh, we are top of the league, baby! Yeah, come on. Yeah, James, of course, Matt. Um, very excited as per usual. We are top of the league, of course. We are. Why not get excited? Um, yeah, let's um, let's firstly get your your viewpoint on the game before we get into the starting eleven and things like that. Um. I don't think anyone can really argue that it wasn't uh, a deserved three points today. A much improved attacking uh, attacking look for us today. You know, we looked like we were going to be a massive threat every time we went forward in the first half specifically. Had a couple of half chances in the second half, but it was more about seeing the game out in the end. And we did that very, very well with little to no fuss. And yeah, I think in terms of a, a general enjoyment point of view from a fan, you know, everyone wants to enjoy the team. But as long as you win, no one really cares. Well, I think we got both of that today, didn't we? We got the three points and an enjoyable performance. Yeah, bang on, mate. Um, yeah, first half, I think. To be honest, Harris Harris got it spot on in his, in his press conference when he said that was the best forty-five minutes he'd seen um, under under him. Um, and yeah, I thought I thought certainly first first forty-five minutes we were we were absolutely excellent. Some of the football we played was 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 lovely on the eye. It was it was one and two touch stuff. Um, I felt that Lapsley had. had and had his best half an hour in a dual shirt before he unfortunately went off injured. Johnny Williams had, had I think, um, I think Johnny had his best performance in a dual shirt this afternoon. Um, got right involved, and we started seeing seeing why we'd signed him in the summer. I thought Macaulay Bond was outstanding this afternoon. Um, led the line, led the line excellently well. I thought certainly first half. I thought I thought he was absolutely unbelievable out there. It led the line. Really, really, really well. Um, brought others into play. Allowed it. Allowed Mahoney and Lapsley and and Williams to, to be in and around him, and they were and they were buzzing like bees in and around him, just eager and waiting for knockdowns and and second balls off him. And and we looked just so lively. And and yeah, Harris has been criticised in terms of the the style of football that we play, and it's boring and and people don't like to watch it. Well, I think for me. I think I think that first forty-five minutes today suggests that um, Harris sort of had obviously worked on it in the training ground, like he said on Thursday. He said that they'd they'd worked on 
they'd worked on it all week, the attacking the attacking threat through that final third, and and you can see it come to fruition today. And that was just such a pleasure to watch that first forty five minutes. It was it was excellent, excellent football. And um, and I've I've just heard Derek Adams. He's he's it. He's interviewed the Morgan manager when he said, um, "If if that's if that's what's top of the league, then um, we've not got a lot to go." Well, they were extremely lucky. They weren't put they weren't put to the sword in the first forty five minutes, Morecambe. Um And I suppose if if that's what if that's what's going to come to Priestfield for the rest of the season, I've not. I guess we've we've not got much much to be worried about if if he wants to play those those sort of games. No, if anyone's ever listened to a, a Derek Adams interview before, specifically with his time at, at Bradford, he, you'll know he's not one who's uh, he's far away from a very bitter comment, shall we say. We'll put it that way. Um, he is very much that type of manager. But, um, yeah, Matt, we'll go through uh, the starting eleven with uh, with yourself. A few uh, a few surprises um, in there, especially from what I thought it might have been. But the team uh, was as follows. Of course, Jake Turner remained in goal. Chad Alexander... Uh, full-back, other side, Scott Malone, Shadrach Ogie and Conor Marston in middle, and unchanged. Four, uh, even Coleman came back in following, following his suspension to replace Robert McKenzie. Alongside him, of course, was captain Sean Williams. Then the front three of Johnny Williams, George Lapsey and Conor Mahoney, all behind Macaulay Bond. Um, there was a couple of surprises in there for me. Uh, I, I wasn't too sure Macaulay Bond was going to keep his place just because uh, Nadison obviously Nichols came back last weekend, but I didn't think they were fully fit at that time. I assume they would be this week, but I thought Macaulay did really well last week. I thought he deserved to keep his um, to keep his place. I think he had a, a really, really exceptional first half. He didn't get the goal. Uh, his performance deserved that. I can't remember what his goal was ruled out for, but I think he certainly did, uh, did deserve to get on the score sheet, so it's unlucky from that point of view, but it's a similar front. It's the same front four that we saw Matt last week that didn't really create too much for the whole grand scheme of uh, of things in that Harrogate game. Maybe it's due to how they approached the game in comparison to how uh, Morecambe had approached it today. But I thought there's a lot of dynamic play in that front four today. I thought George Lapsy, as James said, probably had his best half in a in a Jillian Michelle or best twenty minutes or so. But Johnny Williams as well, I thought was was fantastic. He was absolutely electric on the left hand side, putting some great balls in there to get us in behind and had just a general the first touch was a class above everyone else for the uh, first half specifically I thought he was much much improved even if he was playing on the left and yeah the first 20 minutes or so every time we went forward we looked like we were going to be a massive threat it just sort of just sort of clicked with those front four today but what are your views on um, the overall team lineup? and uh, were there any shocks for you what did you expect when you uh, first got into the ground and saw uh, saw the 11 that was put out by nil I mean, to be honest, yeah, uh, look, obviously, I don't know if anyone else does their fan hub prediction. Uh, look, I mean, I'd pretty much gone with the same team, barring I just thought for myself I would have started Jaden Clark in, instead of Johnny Williams uh, out on the wire, just because for me, he's a natural fit. But look, obviously, uh, you know, for whatever reason, Neil Harris has decided to go with playing Johnny Williams out wide. And actually, um, look... <sighs> It's not his natural position, but it does kind of work. And when he does, when he is able to step in, and that's what I've noticed actually, both uh, sort of him and Mahoney do sort of that. They're not just going out wide and around. They're leaving that to um, uh, 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 like Shay, for instance, and um, uh, I can't think of his name now, Scott <laughs> Malone, uh, to get around on the side. And they're actually stepping into the middle, which I, I, I kind of like uh, them going forward. But yeah, the attacking play, the intensity today was, you know, obviously it was a lot cooler than it was last week. I, I'm, I'm still got to say that was a massive factor to the way we played last week. But it was a lot cooler. Players stepped up their intensity. And look, for that first 25 minutes when with George Lapsley on the pitch, I, you know, I, I, do, I do generally believe their goal came against the run of play. But, you know, if we were 2-0 up after 25 minutes, you know, we'd be screaming the roof down. It would be amazing. But, look, at 2-1, I think we were comfortable at 2-1 uh, after sort of that 25 minutes. But, look, Lapsy going off, that really did change the complexion of the entire game. I think, obviously, when Jaden Clark came on, he, 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 I think, for the first sort of five minutes or so, he ended up playing in the middle and then himself and, and Johnny swapped. But, Look, it was a it was a great sort of first twenty five minutes. I think it was a really positive lineup. I think the bench was great. Look, three strikers on the bench. What more can you ask for? Um, you know, th- three options. I uh, I mean, there was a 
very, very slim chance that Oli, I think, was actually going to make the pitch. I just think it was to get him back in the squad again. And obviously there's a B team coming up next uh, game that coming up next week. So that's hopefully going to give him some minutes. But yeah, it was a really, really bold move, I think, again, sort of very similar say t- uh, lineup to, to what it was last week. And I actually to have a go at them, uh, to put them sort of under pressure like that, I think was excellent. And yeah, I think we uh, we, we thoroughly deserve to be 2-1 up after that 25-minute period. Yeah, James, it's very interesting, as Matt was saying, with you know the, the options of we could have had Hawkins may, may well have got onto the pitch today in a different circumstance. But I think when you look at the team we have, and I know people have had issues with how we play and things like that, but when you look at the starting eleven today and then you look at the bench and you see the players who are missing out on it, you know, Ollie Hawkins, albeit he's only just coming back and he's probably isn't 100% ready yet, of course. But then you've got players of the quality of Ashley Addison, Jaden Clark, Tom Nichols on the bench, Max Aimer, even, even though... He's not obviously the second player. It does go to show the the strength and depth we now have at our disposal, and the fact that we can call upon really any players, and specifically the final third, and have good good depth to choose from, good good players that can all come in for each other and make a difference. But before we get into the actual game and, and what happened, I just want to get your thoughts on um, the combination play we saw today from two players in particular. Although it was a uh, a bit short lived, obviously, shall we say? But um, I said on the podcast from first, I think it was that uh, I didn't want George playing in the middle just because it would push uh, Williams out wide. And I didn't think Williams should be pushed out there to accommodate Lapsley. But I will give him his credit today. Of course, I will. George Lapsley, for the 20 or so minutes he played today, I thought was really, really, really good. His best um, his best spell as a Gillingham player in, in a period of a game. But I thought both him and Johnny Williams complemented each other really well. They bounced off each other throughout that whole 20-minute period. I think so they were making things happen. There was one moment besides the goal, I think it was... Um, it was like Lapsley had the shot when Jolly Williams sort of drove inside and then clipped a gorgeous ball over the top of the Morecambe defence. And George tries to, I think, chip the keeper first time from a bit of an angle, doesn't quite get the connection. But it's just examples like that that show the potential long term of the different partnerships they can have. And I thought they worked really well together, James. Yeah, and no, I agree. I think that's the thing. We were We were slightly concerned because we'd seen that same sort of combination last week at home to Harrogate where we saw obviously Mahoney one side, Johnny Williams the other, Lapsley just off, just off Bonn and we were sort of, yeah, we were sort of slightly concerned that um, was it too flat? Was it sort of square pegs in round holes and, and whatever else? But we saw today that not necessarily do you have to stay in the position that you're starting in and and I think that's that's credit where where the credit's due to, to the players and, and to the management staff. They've obviously worked on it in the training ground during the week. And and of course, when when you have players of, of, of that quality in Mahoney and Lapsley and, and Williams, it's important that you, you, get them, you get them involved in the game. It's not a case of you just have to try and fire balls up to them and, and, and hope it will stick. You, you have to play through the thirds. You have to play in pockets where necessarily teams might not play in. You have to play in areas where... You're going to take risks and potentially give the ball away, and I thought we did that really well today. I thought we, uh, and I, I felt, to be honest, it come through Ethan Coleman. Um, I think I felt I felt like the the attack started off with him quite a lot of the time. He he always wanted to play forward. He was always looking at at the little pockets that necessarily we weren't playing in last week, and I felt that's what we we lacked last week. We lacked a we lacked a player or a, a player or two that were prepared to break the lines. Um, and playing and playing areas that necessarily other other players wouldn't do it, and and I felt Ethan did that today. He got he get he got Johnny involved. He got George involved. He got Connor involved a lot more. They were coming in off that off that line. George was you, you saw right away right from when it, minute one that George Lapsley was in the mood, um, and I thought and I thought it, it was exactly the opposite from from what we saw last week. There was that was that they were fluid in attack. They they were energetic. They their movement off the ball as well as uh, was on it was lively. It was it was it was it was excellent to see. And and then once that happened, once once the movement started clicking and the one and two touch stuff, then then the confidence started building and and then the football started flowing and 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 that is that is a frightening front front four in in, in a, 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 any team at this level. If if any team at, at this level. 
if any manager is offered a, a front four of Conor Mahoney, George Lapsey, Johnny Williams and Macaulay Bond, they're rubbing their hands together. That is an exciting front four. And like like you said, Owen, to have then a bench of Tom Nichols, Ashley Addison, Ollie Hawkins, Robbie McKenzie, Max Aymer, it suggests this quad is one of the strongest squads at this level. Um, and I felt for me, for 45 minutes this afternoon, it was finally we went, OK, now we're clicking. Now we're really starting to see this real good quality Gillingham side that Neil Harris has got at his disposal. And, and if we can, we can find that at a, at a consistent basis, we've, yeah, we're, we're really going to start to click. Because for me, yes, we're top after eight games, but we're in a situation where I feel these past seven games, we've not come out of first. We've not got out of first gear yet. We've at times got out of first and second gear. We got into second and third gear this afternoon. And if we can do that in 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 consistent spells, we, yeah, I, I think people need to seriously start standing stand up and taking notice that this Gillingham side are going to be a serious contender this season, for sure. Yeah, Neil, of course, saying to judge after 12 games and uh, we're getting closer to that mark, just four games away now. I mentioned before the next uh, month uh, of fixtures after the Doncaster game next week is going to be very, very tough and it will show a good a good signification uh, of where we may be perhaps against uh, the better sides in the division because we have been uh, lacking in, uh, well, I'd say the top tier of uh, Opposition so far this season, if you like, other than Stockport, but the MK Dons and uh, Notts Counties and Swindons and even Wrexhams of this world are not far away on the horizon and much to look forward to and nothing to fear, of course, in those games. So, uh, Matt, let's get on to the uh, opening goal of the game. Um, there's two ways I look at this, really. It's, um, you know, from, from a more point of view, it is really shambolic. Um, the corner comes in uh, in the eighth minute, it's headed back across uh, by Ethan Coleman and George Lapsey is there. He has time to take it down on his chest before rifling it past uh, the Morgan goalkeeper and into the net to give us an eighth-minute lead. We all wanted that early start. We all wanted that early goal to pepper uh, Morecambe, give them something to think about early on, and we certainly got that. Um, we wanted it last week, but it wasn't forthcoming. But today, we took the chance early on and gave ourselves a, a really good starting position, uh, shooting towards the rain end, of, of course, which everyone hates in the first uh, first half of the game. You know, they played that card on us and we played the Uno reverse card and used it against them by using the atmosphere to give us an early lead. Um, firstly, Matt, uh, we can talk about how, you know, it's great intuition from George, very quick on the spot, literally made sure he got his touch away and hammered it into the back of the net as quick as he could. There was no one really managing to, to get round him. In fact, I think the closest player to George was actually Macaulay Bond. So if George wasn't going to put it away, Macaulay certainly would have as well. And, you know, it's great to get off to that start, but obviously from a, from a Morecambe point of view, if you're Derek Adams, you, you're you watching that back, seeing a player being able to take take a touchdown with his chest and volley it without anyone near him at all in the centre of um centre of the penalty area from a set-piece. You're tearing your hair out, aren't you? But we won't be caring about that. I mean, it definitely looked like a training ground uh, routine, didn't it? I mean, uh, it, sort of, it was the movement, actually, of, of everyone else to kind of give Ethan that that space to... I mean, I, I don't know if it was his head or his chest. I, I can't remember. Obviously, I, I was sat there and I was watching. I Obviously, it, to, to get it, though, to George, obviously, to give him that much space in the box, I mean, you, you're destined for him to put it in the back of the net. I love the celebration, I've got to say, as well. Picking the ball up under the, uh, the shirt. I love that baby celebration. Uh, but... Look, I, I generally do believe that, you know, we were sort of on top in that first sort of, you know, 10, 15 minutes sort of period, you know, to get that goal. Um, and it and it was well worked, well worked corner routine. Uh, I said, oh, I'll have to watch it back, whether it was his chest or head. But yeah, to Ethan Coleman, to knock it back across the box, to give Lapsy all that space, all that time to be able to just blast it in the back of the net. And look, you're not you're not missing from there, are you? Just like um, Williams last week, you, you, you're not missing from that far out if you just put your boot right through it. And yeah, I, I think for that, say, first sort of 10-minute period, it was a well-deserved lead for us, Jules. It certainly was even very early on, James. We're, get, we're getting quite good at these um, second and third phases of corners, aren't we? You know that the one last week from uh, from Sean Williams. Um, you know it's not a corner, but I'll count it anyway just for the sake of it. The uh, Rob McKenzie goal at uh, Stockport in the second and the third phase of a free kick. We are very alive to situations when they do uh, come to us in um, in the penalty area, whether it be from free kicks or corners. Obviously, as I said, um, 
I think if it was me or you watching a watching a Morecambe player being able to take the ball down on his chest and volley it completely unposed in front of the goal, I think we'd be turning our arrow, wouldn't we? Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, to be honest with you, mate, um, I don't know about you, but I was, I was seriously impressed with that number nine for Morecambe. <laughs> I thought he was. I thought he was. De- I thought he was decent. Um, but I've I've completely forgotten your question. Um, what is your what is your question? Go on. I was, I, didn't, I didn't even mention him, but we'll, we'll get on to it in a minute. But um, no, I mentioned how you know we're getting quite a good knack at these um, these uh, set pieces in terms of being alive to the second and first phase. Because obviously today it wasn't straight from a corner; it was a phase back in from Ethan Coleman and last week, sort of similar with you know being a second or first phase from their set piece from Maloney. Uh, Maloney, Mahoney, uh, which ended up being slammed in by Sean Williams and obviously referenced the uh, goal at Stockport from Robin McKenzie, which wasn't a corner, but from another set piece, we were quickest, most alive in the box and, and you know managed to make it count, which, you know, situations like this when you're in a, not scramble so much, so much in the in the goal sense, but being alive to the situation and making sure you're the ones that get the best out of it, we've become quite a good at it. It's been quite a nice uh, asset for us to have this season. No, you're right, mate. You're right. Um, yeah, I think Neil mentioned it in his press conference that they'd worked on it. They'd worked on it in a week about um, it was a it was off the training ground as such, and and that's the thing is that if you if you're winning the first balls in an air in an area, and certainly in League Two, it's it's a case of that. To be honest with you, it, if if you win if you win a first ball in in that sort of area, um, it just seems like League Two defenses don't really know how to deal with it. Um, or, or it's the case that if you make yourself a nuisance enough, and and the referee don't become a bit of a job's worth and end up blow, uh, end up blowing up that you see most of the occasion, um, you end up making a chance out of it. And and like you say, mate, we've we've been we've been really really good at that at, at the second and third phases of of winning of winning first and second balls in opponents' areas. And I'd love to see a stat on it to be honest on on how often we we win first and second balls in, in opposition areas because I can imagine we create probably a hell of a lot of chances out of it. Um, yeah, the laps, the, the laps, and, and, and the thing is as well is that when you leave good players on their own um, inside an, a, an opponent box, more often than not, they're going to get a shot, shot on target and, or score a goal and, and, and laps is like, yeah, cheers. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Um, it's, it's a case of that he just needs to keep his eye on the ball, head over the ball, and take the ge- the keeper in, into the net with it. Um, and to be honest with you, he deserved his goal, and it was such it was such a shame that he went off because I think he he might have got he might have got another one for the afternoon. And I feel even though we were excellent in that forty five minutes, it seemed like all the momentum sort of come out of us after that twenty five minutes once George went off. Um, which was a little bit of a shame, but yeah, like you, like you say, mate, um, we've it, it we'll probably score double figures throughout the season on that on that first and second ball phase, and and long may it continue. If you if you're lively in an opponent box and, and waiting for knockdowns, then then brilliant. It means that you're alert and lively in a, in an opponent box, which is which is great. It certainly is, and set pieces. I, I remember always saying to you know people who were sitting near me, I can't remember the last time we scored from a corner, which was direct contact as a sense of just straight ball in, volley or header into the net. I still can't really remember, but I think it's probably last season, probably not as long ago as I thought. Um, but Matt, yeah, that was the goal that gave us a, a dream start at pre-sword in front of the Rain Mend after eight minutes. That early goal we've been craving in a lot of games this season, especially at home. And we got it and we all thought, great, let's not sit back on this now. Let's let's go and double it, try and uh, put the game to bed by half-time. And uh, two minutes later, it's 1-1. Uh, I've got to be honest, um, as, as James said, Mello, who, who played up top, 19-year-old from Orkham, um, son of uh, Mickey Mellon, if you weren't aware, the uh, former Tranmere manager. I think he's had about five or six spells. I think his teams will always be there. But it was a goal that um, came from a throw-in and then just a long punt forward. I think Conor Masterson is a little bit at fault for this one. He seems to maybe misjudge the fight of the ball or something like that. It looks on the replay. But I, I'm torn between this one because I want to say it's, it's a good finish from, from Mello, from an angle to to Lob Turner, but also think because he is at that angle, I'm not sure Turner really needed to come out at that point. I think he could have been a bit more clever and forced Meta a bit wider and then perhaps the chance isn't there, but he did manage to to come out and, you know, Meta obviously gets there first and manages to loop it over over Jake Turner and 
you know, the excitement um, of going one up very early on was uh, not diminished per se because we were all in good spirits. We knew we were playing good football. And we we just switched off for a moment, didn't we, Matt? And uh, you know, I know he's I know he's only nineteen, and we don't know how his season's going to pan out. But that's his fifth goal so far in the league this season. And when you give players who are, are averaging those sort of um, those sort of numbers even early on in the campaign a chance like that, they're they're going to make you pay, aren't they? Just despite how old they might be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the first, I've got to say, one of the things I said to my mate as we were walking to the train station is, do, do you know what? I, I I really like the look of him. He looks like a, a really good, hot, young talent. Um, obviously, silly sending off, which we'll get to later on. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, look, it was a well-taken striker's goal. And if, you know, if that was a Jules player that scored that, we'd all be happy and, and celebrating in terms of of from sort of a Jill's perspective, look, yeah, I th- I've only seen the goal back once. I think you're right. I think Jake maybe came out a little bit too quick, but then as I was looking at it, you know, as you right, you rightly said, Connor, you know, misjudged the bounce, and I do think Shad was a bit slow as well. I think he might could have reacted a bit quicker. <laughs> look, uh, yeah, look, I've got to say, yeah, it was it was a well taken goal, but you're most vulnerable when you've just scored. Um, the, I think it actually came from a, a throw-in as well, which I believe should have been our, our throw-in. I, I don't know if anyone else saw that. Please put a shout-out in the comments and let us know because um, I, I think, if I remember, it came from a there to throw-in. It was a, a lobbed ball forward. Yeah, Connor came to, to try and get the ball, but obviously completely misjudged it, uh, bounced over him and he threw on goal. Yeah, said so if you if you're you know a, a Jules, so if you're a Morecambe fan, you expect your your, your striker to score that. And look, he is a, a a hot talent. He's on a scoring streak. And when you're in that form, all you got to do is put put your foot put foot through it, and you know it's going to end up in the back of the net. Yeah, it certainly was. Um, it is an interesting goal to to look at, really, James, isn't it? Even though it was one we conceded, because I think there's there's different ways you can look at it. As I said, I think in my personal opinion, I think Jake didn't really need to come out because I think it, it was at an angle meadow and I think at that point we would have had players back to, to keep him at that angle and then it's down to him to, to find a pass and the chance becomes a lot more a lot more difficult for him but you know with Jake committing as he did it sort of gave meadow no choice really but to try and lob him and you know he pulled it off really well got it into the far corner and obviously drew drew Morecambe level only a couple of minutes after we'd taken the lead but um yeah, I suppose what, what what your views on the goal in terms of you know potential faults from players, maybe decision making and things like that, as well as it being a you know a, a really nice finish as well. In fairness to um to Mella, I, yeah, I, I was speaking to I was speaking to Reece Heard earlier about this. Obviously, Reece speaks on on here sometimes, and uh, and I think um I think it was a case that uh, I suppose where we was we were we were pushing so hard for that for that first sort of. 15, 15, 20 minutes. Um, I, I think it was a case that we ended up... We, we, we've we obviously been so good defensively that we ended up almost going the other way in terms of we ended up becoming so good attacking that we ended up, we started becoming a bit vulnerable um, in, in inside that first sort of 20, 25 minutes. Um and and I think that's where probably if if we start if we're going to nitpick a little bit, it's the case that I think that's where the players have got to learn a learn a tad. It's a, it's a young group. It's it's a very it's a mixture of yes experienced heads, but there is a lot of youth and, and energetic players in there. And I think that's maybe where they've probably got to learn in games like this. That great you are. Uh, in terms of your momentum, it's brilliant. You're controlling the game. You're playing brilliant football. But it's also a case of, right, OK, let's try and take the sting out of this for for five minutes or so. Let's keep the ball. Let's game manage it. Rather than going to chase two goals, three goals, four goals. And I feel like that's what we did in the first sort of 15, 20 minutes where we got the first and we went, right, let's go and put them to the sword. And what we should have probably done is kept the ball for five minutes or so game managed it, slowed it down and, and took, the, took the sting out of it and then gained another load of momentum. And I think that's probably where we do need to learn a little bit as a side is that we're, yes, we've been asking for this. We've been asking for attacking, free-flowing football. Great. It, it's brilliant. But this is where I think as a side, we've got to find this balance now of, okay, 
we know we can do this. We know we can play a way of it's. We can play it on the eye. We're really pretty on the eye. We can play that way. We can we can play with that fans enjoy. But this is where we've got to find that that nice little balance now of cut brilliant. We can play that way. Let's take the sting out of this. Let's game manage and let's rack it up again for the next fifteen minutes. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lapse in concentration. And at this level, yeah, you all it takes is is one player with a little bit of quality, which Melon Melon was. He was he impressed me this afternoon. To be fair to him, um, and it's a really good finish over over Turner. Um, but yeah, let's, let's I suppose let's not take away from from what was an outstanding forty five minutes from us. I guess. No, of course not. Uh, amazing forty five minutes, which kept us in the title hunt alongside. Uh, Notts County and uh, Wrexham, of course, the only two teams in it, this division. Um, Matt, let's let's get on to the positive uh, side of things again after that uh, little debunk call against um, against us with the Morecambe equaliser and talk about a fantastic goal which gave us the lead again in the game from Conor Mahoney. It's one of those goals where you know you sign players who can produce a bit of magic and give you the extra bit of edge that perhaps you don't always have with certain players, but this goal, um, it was it was superb, wasn't it? It's a lovely ball um, initially out to Mahoney. He takes on one player, turns on his left, and then back on his right. The players get sent for a hot dog. He's on the floor. He's on the beach. And then it's curled right into the top corner by Connor. There's a player running back onto the goal line, but it overreaches him. And Connor wheels away in celebration in front of the rain amend. And I guess some players like you know Connor, people who you'd expect, Johnny Williams as well, put into the category who can produce that bit of magic here, there, certain times. It's not going to happen every game, but sometimes it will happen and they're the players you can look to and rely on for it. And, you know, he certainly did produce that bit of magic in this scenario. It was a, a wonderful curling effort from Connor, wasn't it? I mean, it, <clears throat> that's not the type of goal you expect to see at League Two. You know, it was it was just pure, pure quality. That That is the, the only thing you can put to it. And look, Brad, I know you're listening. Whatever you paid for him, it, it was definitely, definitely worth it just for that moment alone because, you know, we're, we're not going to see that every week. But when it, when he got the ball, I mean, I, I must have shouted shoot about 25 times in the space of like three seconds because, you know, I, I just wanted him to have a go. I just wanted to have a go. But when it did come, I mean, wow, what a goal. There's a the, the video, there's a, one on, online, I'm sure you're all going to be able to see it, of him scoring. I, I literally, I could watch that a thousand times in a row and not get bored. But look, it, you know, he, he's playing for, you know, a championship quality side. Yes, I know we've, we've got him on loan at the moment, but this is what you pay the money for. And, and yeah, what a goal it was. I mean, it was an outstanding performance for him today. Not not just the goal. I mean, uh, obviously he set up the, um, he took the corner to set up the first goal. I thought he was excellent on the wing. I thought he he, he played, him and um, Shea Alexander worked wonders uh, together today and sort of their, their, their sort of off-ball running with each other was excellent. And yeah, I mean, it, 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 his performance today totally deserved a goal, and, and what a goal it was in front of the rain amend, and yeah, it sent us into raptures, didn't it? It certainly did. It was a very satisfying finish, wasn't it, James? I've watched it back a few times now, and the, the little dink on the left, then back into the right, and then back to the left, which sends the defender sprawling onto the floor, and then just the the curve on it, the elegance of it, it sort of just flies, bends slightly back round into the into the corner of the net, and. You know, it's it's a game that's certainly worthy of a uh, worthy of winning any game. You can say that for sure, and it did eventually win this game. Uh, the strike from Conor Mahoney. Um, yeah, I suppose just just the floor is yours. Just to talk about how great a goal it was. I don't think there's much more we can go on other than that. <laughs> it's a beautiful finish. It's a it's a it's a championship quality finish from a championship quality player. Um, I think it's it's fairly to say. Um, I think. There's you 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 you're starting to see the signs of the fact of why I think Harris ended up paying a million pound for him when Harris was in charge of Millwall. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, he ended up then winning Young Player of the Year at Birmingham, um, and I, I suppose he's then he's then gone off it a little bit um, in the past in the past couple of years, um, not playing regular games at Millwall, not playing regularly at Huddersfield. Um, but yeah, I, I suppose he, yeah, talking through the goal, he, he drives into the area, checks one way, checks another, checks again, 
and then bends it into the corner. And it's as soon as it left his boot, I'm I'm sort of sat in the eye line of it. And as soon as it leaves his foot and you can see it bending, I was like, that is in. Wow. It was, uh, yeah, unbelievable goal. One of those, yeah, just one of those ones you go, wow, that's going to be in the goal of the season as a, as a, as a nominee um, already. And yeah, he caps off a he caps off a brilliant performance today. Connor, he was he was absolutely excellent. Like he was he will he was almost toying with Morecambe in that first half. They couldn't they couldn't contain him. He was left right. He was in the middle, picking up picking up pockets where he couldn't con- that they they just couldn't get hold of him and couldn't contain him. And and like I say, it was a it was a championship quality finish from a championship quality player on an afternoon that the floor was Connor Mahoney's and and the boy delivered. Yeah, he certainly did. Um, Matt, we've, we've seen glimpses of, from Connor over the past uh, few games since he's come into the club. We've seen little bits here and there, but we were sort of waiting for that one moment where he's going to announce himself per se to, to the Gillingham fans. We all know there's a player in there. We've all seen little glimpses here and there, but it's, it's like with a striker really when as soon as you sign one, you, you might see some positive play before then, but you're waiting for him to notch that first goal to sort of say, I've arrived kind of thing. And I think Connor certainly did arrive today, uh, very much so in the style that he did as well. But I want to quickly talk about uh, another player before we get on to the second half, and that won't take long, I can tell you that. Um, before we get on to the second half, and that player in terms of not ha- yet having that arriving moment, if you like, with that first goal, but certainly deserved it today for his overall work ethic, much like last week. I thought this was even better performance from him. I thought he was involved in, in everything positive we did offensively in the first half and in the second, although it was limited uh, towards the uh, towards the town and then the second period of the game. And that is uh, Macaulay Bond. Um, had a few critics last week, unfairly, in my opinion, but I thought he really linked everything together brilliantly in the first half today. I thought all our good play came through him. He won a lot of his aerial jewels as he did last week, as always put us into good positions. And I think he's someone who has perhaps gone under the radar a little bit. Everyone's um, obviously been used to Tom Nichols for the vast majority of this year, and rightly so, he's been brilliant for us. And Ashley Addison started off really well with uh, three goals, but I think McCauley, all, all that miss, all that was missing from his game today was, was a goal, and I think it was a goal that he he certainly would have deserved had he been able to get on a score sheet after another another really impressive performance from him. Yeah, I mean, he he, he deserved uh, the, the goal that he actually scored in front of the Rainer men should have been a goal because so far I've only seen one uh, highlight of of the supposed foul. Uh, that happened and no, it, it, there was no foul there and that should have been a goal. He should have been off the mark. Honestly, I think once, once McCauley Bond gets his first goal, once he gets firing, we are going to see some player there because I, I think you're right. He, all the work that he does off the ball, he, I mean, look, he, he's not tall. But yeah, he's going up for every header. He's winning quite a few. Uh, again, hopefully I can get some stats on this, but he, he wins quite a few headers. Uh, you know, uh, during a game for for someone, and he really gives his all for the team. And his work rate, I think, you know, actually, I think you're right. You said about the Lapsy goal. You know, if George wasn't there, he would have been there. You know, he he is a poacher. He's going to score goals for us. But once that goal comes, you know, I think we're going to see a real player there. I still think we've we've only got a player at the moment who's sort of running at sort of 75, 80, maybe even sort of 85%. You know, he's not still 100% fully fit. He's fit enough to start games, but he's not 100% fully fit. But once he is, once he gets that first goal, honestly, I think League Two, watch out. Yeah, we certainly hope to, to get McCauley off the off the mark soon. Um, James, I think he, he, as I said last week, he, he had a really good performance, very limited service, and we didn't play all that well, even though we still did win the game. We were much improved today and although he didn't quite manage to get that chance, well, I mean, he did get that chance and it was ruled out for a supposed foul, which would have been really unfortunate given um, McCauley deserved to get himself off the mark today. But just give us your, your views on on his overall performance today because he received a lot of flack last week, again, unfairly, even some today from people behind me, the people moaning that he, he was fouling and offside quite a lot of the time. But, I thought he, he put in a really, really good workman night performance as a centre forward today. Won a lot in the air, link played together. As I said, was involved in a lot of great things we did going forward in that first half period. And I think you can't really, you know, look, look, obviously I understand people are going to look at strikers and judge them by goals, but I think McCauley's a good example of that. The game as a striker isn't just about goals. He doesn't have that physical presence that Hawkins has, but I think he still does put himself out really well. And, you know, 
it, it was literally a case of, for me for Bacoli today that all that was missing from his from his game was was the goal. I thought everything other than that was spot on from him today. Yeah, and no, I agree. I agree, and I think he was the reason that allowed Connor, uh, Connor Mahoney, uh, George Lapsley, and Johnny Williams to be so effective today. Um, and even when Clark come on as well for for George, I think I think Macaulay was the was the reason why them them three slash four were were allowed to be so effective in the game. They it it, it allowed them that that focal point to play off without Macaulay up there. It, it I think it would have been it have been difficult, um, and and yeah, I, I, I think in I think in League Two you need you need a focal point. We've we've seen this we've seen this Nich- Nichols and Nadison Nadison partnership, and and as great as it is, and and this this is absolutely no criticism of Nichols and Nadison, absolutely not at all, um, because they they've been brilliant for us at the start of the season, but our best form for me has always been. When we've had a, that focal point up up top, up uh, the 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 past the past obviously the the the, the Orient game in in the trophy, the the game on the game last weekend and and today, McCauley has started all three of them, and it's it's no it's no coincidence that we've won all we've won all three, and so and then you look back and you look back to the to the form in the second half of the season of last season and the focal point was Ollie Hawkins and you look at the form that we showed there as well and and it sort of seems to me that at this level is that if you have that focal point to play off but you then have quality around it you can really thrive in a situation where you can really attack teams and be really sort of dangerous in attack and I think I think we look, we go back to the Grimsby game where we've, we've had Nichols and Nadison we then go back to the the runoff from before, and and we talk about the lack of goals. And this is not Nichols and Nadison's fault, but do we look at that sort of situation where we have them two up front, and the reason why we've not scored enough goals is because the ones behind them can't be that effective because effectively they can't play off them. And so maybe Harris has had a look at that, and and that's why we've seen. Uh, an improvement up the top of the end of end of the pitch in in the past couple of games because um, I, I think for me McCauley's been a big part of that for sure. Yeah, he certainly has, and uh, this is this this is completely off topic. I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie, but uh, James, you'll see from from the group chat we're in the, the stat we were given just a minute ago, and how we always talk about uh, how bad we were at the beginning of the last season, Cheltenham yet to score a goal uh, in uh, in League One uh, this season. Somehow still not bottom, though, which is um, an interesting statistic given that one, but that has no relevance at all. It just made me think of how bad we were last year. So that's a little bit of a side note. Call it an ad break for the podcast, if you will. Um, Matt, let's, let's go on to another um, in-person. The reason I'm doing this before we review the second half is because naturally there isn't really much to talk about other than a, a general overview, which won't take uh, particularly long. Um, we're going to focus on someone who only actually got 20 minutes or so in the game today, of course, and that was George Lapsey. We've said already probably his best 20 minute or so period, if there is such a thing. Uh, for the Jules this afternoon, a very well taken goal, and he put himself about really, really well. We'd seen you know games so far this season where he's been playing in the attacking midfield position, but we haven't seen the best of him, or we know what we're capable of seeing from him. I don't think we've seen that overall since his arrival from Mansfield. We've seen him play some. So a good game to seeing him be a bit elusive in others, and we always hope to see the best of George Lapsy. I think we did see that today. It is a bit bittersweet, of course, because we've only saw it for twenty minutes, and we're probably going to be missing him for a good few weeks now. If it is a hamstring injury, which to look to be, as that was what he was holding as he was walking off. But regardless of if he is going to be out for a little while or not, um, we we should be praising his his performance today, shouldn't we? Absolutely, it was. Um, I, I thought it. You know, look, I, I said it on the last pod. I thought he played okay last week. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't eye-catching as, as today, but I actually thought he played okay last week. It was just, you know, obviously I know, he, again, he wasn't fully fit, but again, I, today I don't necessarily think we saw, again, a 100% fully fit George Lapsley, but what we saw was absolutely unbelievable. And, you know, I, 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 obviously the, the first goal was fully deserved. There was a second chance he almost had where the ball was flicked over to him and he kind of sort of flicked it and tried to knock it over the goalkeeper. And 
Yeah, uh, uh, and then um, uh, yeah, obviously he was involved with the third, uh, with the Conor Moss, uh, sorry, uh, the Conor Mahoney goal, goal as well, obviously, and then got injured obviously during it. Um, he he was absolutely on fire today, and look, I, I hope touch wood. Yeah, you know, there's a kitchen board in front of me, and it is made of wood, so I have quite literally just touched wood there. Uh, but touch wood, he's only going to be out for a few weeks, and you know he'll come back and. Look, whatever they worked on uh, during uh, training with, obviously, I'm guessing they've worked on that formation playing up front. It, it really clicked today in that first 20-minute period. You know, we, we, we were superior with him on the pitch. And the second he left the pitch, the whole game changed. And that's that's not saying anything bad to Jaden Clark, who came on at all, because I thought he, he, he was excellent again today. But, you know, with... with um, uh, Lapsley playing in that sort of that 10 role with Johnny Williams out wide with Mahoney on the other side we were absolutely on fire it was working it was clicking and you know as I said I hope fingers crossed it's it's only going to be out for a few weeks yeah we certainly hope so also given the uh, injuries we have to Dom Jeffries and Tim Ziang for example at the minute we don't really want to be adding uh, any more names uh, to that list for an extended period or you know we might end up getting a list that's a bit too long for us and we don't want to have uh, that situation do we but um yeah, Judge, we talked about uh, we talked about Lapsley and and how positive he was today. We've spoken about Conor Mahoney, Macaulay Bond. Um, I'm going to leave the final in person um, or in focus. If you like, up to you. Who who is your pick and, and tell us why? Who would you like to point out and praise? Well, it weren't that bad, really. <laughs> no, um, I'm going to go with um, Ethan Coleman. Ethan Coleman. Um, I think for me, um, Ethan, I think he actually got two assists today. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I know he, I know the little the little layoff to Conor Mahoney doesn't doesn't count, but he wins the first header for George's one. Um, but he was he started everything off. Um, everything good we did in those first forty five minutes come from Ethan. He was picking the ball up off the centre halves. He was playing forward. He was playing for the thirds. Um, he was winning. He was winning tackles. He was breaking up play. Even when it comes to the second half, um, he it, it, and 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 Morecambe started to get on the ball a little bit more. He broke their attacks up really well. Um, he stopped them coming forward. He won vital vital tackles in 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 really important areas. He played in good areas. Um, and and for me, um, I'm I'm going to put my neck on the line here. I actually think Ethan Coleman. Is the one one of the best, if not the best, midfielder we've got got at this football club. Um, I think technically he's outstanding. Um, yes, he does make mistakes, but at this level, who doesn't? Um, I just think we're so much a better side with Ethan Coleman in that team. I think I'd agree in terms of his is the best in in the position we have in terms of. Deep line in centre mid, that's CDM. I think in terms of actual on-ball quality, our best midfielder is probably Johnny Williams. But then I don't think you can really compare him and Ethan just because of the contrasting styles and things like that. But certainly a valid shout. Um, yeah, let's, let's quickly go through the second half. Not a lot happened. Morecambe had a lot of the ball, I must admit, in the second half. They, you know, got us not trapped in our half by any means, but they, they had a lot of the ball in our territory without really creating anything clear-cut. And I think the theme was that... You know, they had a lot of possession, but we were happy to let them have it because they weren't creating chances. And we were able to just sort of ride out the, the remaining period of the half. We had a couple of half chances ourselves on the counter-attack, um, specifically the chance of Tom Nichols right near the end where they got on the end of a beautiful ball from uh, Jaden Clark but couldn't quite get on, um, get his finish off. It was deflected behind for a corner. A few half-half chances, nothing really clear-cut from us and certainly not from uh, Morecambe either. But I suppose the moment in, in the second half that, more or less gave us the three points was that second yellow for Michael Madden. Um he'd been booked uh, earlier in the game for kicking the ball the way which which happened when he was put through on goal. The offside flag went up but he went and took the shot anyway and got a very cheap yellow card. Um I must admit I, I don't really think the second yellow was a second yellow. I thought it was really, really harsh. I think it's one of them where he has to go for it, as did Connor Connor Masterson. If Connor got that got their second he would have been penalised and the penalty would have been given and you know, Medan has to has to go for it. He's, he's through on goal and loses his way a bit and tries to recover it as you expect him to do. I think it was a foul 
on Connor. I don't think it's it's a second yellow worthy foul to be honest. I think it's one of them where you know you give the foul to us, you, you carry on. I think it's a very harsh decision from the referee, and you know the fact that he, he booked Sean Woodham so early, and you know he did he oh. did have the mark of a referee who wanted to send someone off in that game and, and be a bit of a protagonist. But for me, it was it was a bit of a harsh decision. I think. Uh, first off, I've got to disagree with you. It was that that foul in any other situation. I, where I sit, I sit in block five, right on the end. That foul happened literally almost dead in line with me. That was a bookable offence. Now, I, let, let me just explain something. So, in in the first half, obviously he was booked for kicking the ball away. About five minutes or so beforehand and Johnny Williams was booked literally the ball came to him he was putting his foot about to put his foot through the ball the referee blew the whistle the ball obviously he's then kicked the ball he's then been booked so Mella has has to be booked obviously because the referee has already booked Johnny Williams so that's why he was booked for kicking the ball away in that, in, in that first half uh, I know that I've seen a few sort of incidents but I, I guarantee you a hundred percent what what has happened is, um, sorry, Masterson has kicked the ball away. Yes, he's sliding in to get the ball, but he's got nowhere near it and completely taken the player's legs out. It's 100% a yellow card offence. And look, he's already been booked. I'm sorry, he's got to go. He Look, I've got to say, that boy is a talent. He will learn. But that is a, he, that he should have just left that be, let it go, stopped. Don't not even gone for the tackle. But no, he thought you know, oh, we're 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 a goal behind. We're still in this. Let's go for it. It was a heat of the moment decision. He's gonna take the one game ban or whatever it is that he has to take and 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 let it be and and move on. But look, it, it, uh, for me, uh, it was a hundred percent a book uh, uh, a booking. He was already booked. He needed to go. I felt, like, I felt like that was a personal attack on me, mate. You know, I'm not. You know, I'm not an EFL official, don't you? <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, 100. percent I'm, I'm just saying, but like, literally, w- w- from I, where I, I, w- didn't, I didn't send him off. I, I, I literally sit in block. For, I, I understand. You know, he's got to go. In, in a way, he's got to go for the ball. His team are one nil behind, and I, and I get all that. But the ball had literally gone sort of three foot away from Marston when he then made connection with the player. It was a late challenge. It was a bookable offence. I, I, I do and feel. I do, I do yeah. feel like. I do feel like though. The first yellow is not a yellow. He takes it round. He but, takes it round Jake Turner and he puts it in the net. Any, uh, any, anyone in that situation would be pretty. I know, like, I've, obviously, I've obviously watched Derek Adams' interview and Derek says by the by the by the letter of the law, it's a it's a booking and he's got no problem with that. I think I'd be. I I am in agreement, Matt. I I yeah. Yeah, I, I I think it is it is a harsh yellow because I think they're both I think it, they're both it, going it for the ball. I think they're both going for the ball when he yeah. catches Connor. I would say the first one is less so because he's in a ground full of six thousand people. What's to say he's not heard the referee's whistle? So I I I, I would be pretty annoyed at the first one rather than the second one, to be honest. Well, we, look. I, I generally believe the only reason why he got that first one is because literally five minutes before he's done it to Johnny Williams because I said, and, and there was nothing Johnny Williams could do. His foot was already in motion and the ref's blown the whistle. He's kicked the ball away and then he's got booked for it. And it's like, well, come on. So because then literally five minutes later, Mella has gone and done the same thing, whether he's not heard the whistle or not, the referee has to make the booking. Now, look, in in any in, in any other situation, if Mella hadn't been booked for that first incident, he would have been booked. I, I generally believe if if you watch it, the, you know it was late. I generally believe Mella would have been booked for that second challenge, no matter whether he'd been booked for the first one or not. Whether it was because I understand, I think he got cramp as well, and that might have been why he was late on on the challenge. But look, whatever happens, that second one was for me a hundred percent a bookable bookable offence. So yeah, he has to go. I, I know it's sort of the biggest talking point. I know he's not even a Jules player we're talking about, but I, I think what what they're trying to argue is, you know, obviously yes, that first one technically, you know, could have been a booking, yeah, whatever it was, but that second one wasn't. No, it was. He was late. Whether it's cramp or not, or whatever they want to argue, it was a book of defence. 
the MB7 podcast is now the Morecambe Apologies Club. Um, yeah, I think the, I think the problem with those sort of bookings, the first one anyway, James, and we'll, we'll wrap it up very soon, but I think we should make a point on this because we've had a few yellows for this as well. Where So when, when players are booked for, for kicking the ball away, it happens quite regularly now, not as much in the Premier League, and I think there's a reason for that. Um, I think the problem is referees in, in this division and other divisions, I think they're so quick and they're so keen to give those sort of yellow cards. It's, but to sort of, sort of precedent, you know, make the rules known. But at the same time, when you do it for something like Johnny Williams, who, you know, basically cleared the, uh, across the ball at the same time the whistle blew, it, it gets a yellow card for it. You set yourself a present at that point and think, well, I've done it to him now, so I have to do it to everyone else, even if it's harsh, because, you know, I don't really have a choice because I'm going to get all sorts of uh, questions and abuse from, you know, the opposition team, manager, etc. if I'm not putting everyone uh, together with the same, the same, you know, fate, if you like, for the same sort of crime. But I think there is a bit of an issue for me with those sort of yellow cards, only because I think, I think you have the obvious ones, uh, the one that comes to mind uh, last week when uh, I think it was Ramsey, his name was from Harrogate, we were trying to take a throw in. I think Malone bent down to pick the ball up and he's kicked it away right in front of the ref. No problem with that, blatant yellow card. But when you're giving it within, you know, not even half a second's time from when the whistles blew to someone kicking the ball and just trying to carry on with the game unknowingly, I think you do start to cause yourself a problem. And I think it is partly because, you know, EFL officials, they're terrible. And I think some of them just want to be the main character in a lot of games, to be honest, which is a bit of a shame, but it is how it is. I think you see that a lot less in um, in the Premier League, other than some obvious exceptions, you know, the bald referees of the world, uh, what's his name, Taylor, he's one of them. But I think generally speaking, I think there are just a lot of referees in this division who are very card happy and they want to be the centre of attention. I think this rule works very well for them. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, boys, if you want to. No, I agree, mate. I agree. Um, I was watching, I don't know if anyone's watched it, and if you haven't, you definitely need to. Mark White, the Dorkid manager slash owner, uh, was on the Under the Cosh podcast this week. Um, and it is a brilliant, brilliant hour and 15 minutes or so of just pure, absolute comedy. But he gets onto the topic about referees and, and the EFL and, and whatever else. And and he says that they've, they've basically effectively just made games all about them. Um, they're changing the rules week on week. Um, they don't know from week to week, month to month, year to year, what the rules are. I think they, they basically had a situation down at Dalkin last season where their forward went, went round the goalkeeper. Um, the goalkeeper didn't... Uh, it was it was outside of the box. Uh, the goalkeeper didn't get sent off. Um, and basically, the referee said to Mark after the game... Uh, yeah, I was I was going by last year's rules because I don't I, I don't even know this year's rules um, because it's changed, um, and and that is that is the issue is that you you you're getting referees turn up every week either not knowing this year's rules or effectively making up their rules which they think is close enough to the rules. Card happy, they're making games card happy, not letting them flow. The amount of times that we we in recent weeks want to play really really quickly. I think there was one situation today where we wanted to play a quick free kick into Johnny Williams in the first half and he'd effectively been in on goal, but the referee didn't, for some reason, let us play. Um, and it's things like that, that for some reason, they think because they're in front of a gate of seven, eight, nine thousand, ten thousand plus, whatever the crowd is, they think they feel like they need to make it all about them. And it simply just isn't. They are there to simply just referee a game of football. And that is that. And, it, it, it is gonna. I don't know what it's going to come to a stage where the FA and the EFL need to sit down and, and, and they talk about the way players and, and management respect referees. But I think I think referees also need to earn respect, and they they don't. They 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 seem to walk around walk around with this arrogance, not prepared to to answer to to the decisions that they're making. Um. And that's that's the issue is that they that they're not prepared to hold their hand up when they when they make a, a balls up with with decisions. They're not they're not prepared to explain decisions anymore. Um, they're not prepared to talk to players. Um, they just send players away by pointing, and and therefore then their their respect is all lost before they've even completed a game of football. And I I personally think the FA and the EFL need to sit down themselves and look 
at why there is a shortage of referees, why there is a big problem of of, of the lack of referees they they're getting at, at these levels and levels below. And this is a whole nother conversation for a whole nother podcast, I guess. But it is a shambles, like me and James were saying. The the referees and linesmen are part time at EFL. Well, why? Like, well, why is that? Because they're they're refereeing professional footballers who are full-time footballers. So why is the man and the men in charge of that football game not full-time themselves? That doesn't make any sort of sense to me. Um, I think there's a big problem that needs to be sorted where I guess maybe one day we might see it happen. Look, I've got to say, like, I, I used back in the day. Huh, I've always wanted to say that. Back in the day, I used to be a qualified referee, and 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 I sort of, I, once my knee was sort of done done with, and I couldn't play football anymore. I ended up sort of refereeing, and and I, I managed to do Kent League line, you know, which is quite sort of a a, a high standard. It sort of used to be in, in terms of FA. I was always taught one thing: as to be a referee, the best referees are invisible. Literally, the best referees are invisible. You 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 barely notice them in t- in an entire game. Yeah, they might have to blow the whistle and have a chat with the player, but you know it it, it kind of gets on. And look, yes, you're going to have players that are going to want to you know take the mick a little bit, but most referees, you know, sort of what I was taught would would stamp that out. But it's kind of like if you're going to let players, you know kick the ball away and, and, and come up and say things to you. Yeah, you're going to have to book them. It's it's not about making it about yourself. It, it is about following the letter of the law. But the problem is we have 99% of, of referees in this division that don't necessarily follow the exact letter of the law because, as James said, you know, it does change pretty much sort of almost week on week. You know, what is the official offside rule? What is the official handball rule? What you know, do you know what? Here's the biggest one, and this is something that I've started doing. What is the biggest what's so what is the time that a goalkeeper is allowed to handle the ball inside of the area before he has to release it? Because is it six seconds? Because there was times today where I counted that the away goalkeeper held the ball for about 15 seconds. So should that not be an indirect free kick to us? Where is the consistency within the laws of the game with these referees? Because it's not there. It might be hard to referee, but look, at the end of the day, all you've got to do is follow the letter of the law, guys. Your referees, stick to what the law book says and not make it about you and let the game flow and just be invisible. It's like being at the opera. Uh, very well done, gents. Uh, very well done indeed. Lots of great discussion there. Um I can't add much more to that, to be honest. Um, Evelyn, I really don't like referees, but that doesn't really go in line with the conversation and the ethical side of it. I just really do not like them. Um, yeah, I suppose we, um, we... I don't even know where we were now after that. We all hate referees. There you go. That's basically a synopsis. Um, yeah, let's, uh, let's get into some of your comments before we uh, head off for today and um, then we can go and uh, enjoy the rest of our evenings, etc. Unless there's... So different from the match I've missed other than that. We've covered the, the goals, the red card, the win. I, I don't think there is anything in terms of in-game that I've missed, is there? Disco Dave coming back and getting a book in. Way! Leave that one out. <laughs> I, w- I was actually really looking forward to him coming on. I-, I like Dave a lot. But he did get his customary book in. But we like Dave. We won't say a bad word about Dave at all. Um, respectfully, oh, I love I'm Dave. Respectfully, I'm glad he doesn't play for us anymore. But still, what a nice bloke. Um, yeah, let's get on to the comments um, for today's show. Uh Dual Stacks, Facts and Trivia, which I would suggest giving a follow. They come up with some really good stuff. And here's another example. Uh, this one is regarding Macaulay Bond and the conversation we're having about him earlier. He says, Bond won five out of his 11 aerial duels today, which is um, around half or so, giving this an odd number, 11. But there you go. Very impressive from him again. Uh, Liam says, Fort Bond was a different man today. Fitness may have been the factor in the last few, but look the part today. Uh, probably is uh, still not 100% there fitness-wise, but the more games he's playing, the more games he's starting, that's going to come quick and fast. Um, Chris says, attacking play with Williams and Mahoney coming inside, supporting Bond with Lapsley, forgering, and with the full-backs pushing on the flanks was very encouraging. Uh, Liam again says, totally agree with everything regarding Ethan Coleman and also says, up the Jills. Uh, an account called Up the Jewels says, I know Brad is listening. Can we have Dino back? Dino, of course, um, we passed away. We want Dino back. Say, we want Dino back. Uh, we want Dino back. 
sadly passed away um, in the home fixture against uh, Colchester, as we did on the day, actually. So it was quite um, quite um, foreshadowing, as he, as you like to say. But he was very much uh, on the prowl when we went to Crawley Town and won. Uh, his whereabouts are currently unknown. But um, wherever he is, we send him his best. Um, bang on wrestling to learn it uh, at our level. There's too many who want to be the story. Uh, Exactly. Uh, tough to have egg on my face today. If Harris is going to turn this around, is going to keep this going, it's going to be, um, it's going, wait, sorry. If Harris is going to turn this going, it's a massive turn. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's a massive turn if, if, he, if we carry on the way we are, because I, think I, I saw a tweet earlier regarding Harris where, where someone said about um, if, if we keep going the way we are, Harris would have massively turned it around, but you know, we've been, we've been first basically all season. I think after I think the Atkinson game, which is the second of the season, was when we went top. So I don't think we've we've turned anything around. We've just carried on the way we are, and performances have gradually improved approved along the way. And uh, yeah, Neil has been great this season. A few couple of dodgy results, of course, where things haven't been the way we wanted it to, and everyone's wanted to see a more attacking style, etc., or whatever else. But I think today was a, a good example of that. You know, we are capable of doing it, and you know, it's been it's been fantastic. I don't really see the the argument for the us being where we are being a being a turn so to speak i think we've, we've been where we are all season deservedly so um but yeah um matt james uh we'll leave it there for tonight just over an hour clocking in um everyone who's late um to the podcast and didn't catch all of it scott malone i'm talking to you um you can catch up uh via the links and we will be putting it on a uh, spotify very very soon as well so stay tuned for that it will be up probably tomorrow i would have thought um but yeah, anything else to add gents before we uh before we head off uh, yeah, don't forget, obviously, uh, I'm going to do my breakfast show. Uh, that's going to come out tomorrow morning as well. If you've got any comments, head over to the ME7 page, find the, the link, add any comments, questions you've got, uh, ping them over to me, and I'll, I'll, I'll give them a shout-out. Yeah, James? Top of the league, baby. That'll do. Um, yeah, think about it. We're closing in on another Look Back Live episode soon. Don't know when it's going to be. We don't have a date, but just thinking we've played a few games since then, so it's not going to be too far away. So look forward to that in advance, a date and whatever else. We do not have a clue as of yet, but it will obviously be coming. Um, I think it's around the 1st or 2nd of October. I think it's around that time. Around the 1st or 2nd of October. Well, there you go. Um, well, I'm sure I'm not busy that day. Um Yeah, so we'll leave it there. Uh, one Wonderful result again for Jules. Another three points. Uh, goals from George Lapsley and then an absolute belt out from Conor Mahoney are the difference as we take all three points in Kent and remain top of the league. The way we started the weekend is the way we finish it and that is on the top, which sounds really strange out of context. Um, on that note, up the Jules, good night.